When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Great form by you hitting play on this podcast. Now, check out Same Racer, the brand new racing app for same race multi-tips. Same Racer. Download from the App Store and Google Play. Powered by Bluebet. Gamble responsibly. Call 1-800-858-858. The driver's seat. Stevie Johnson's going to fight It's Redemption Day for Daniel Ricciardo. He wins the Monaco Grand Prix. The Driver's Seat with Matt McKeldin and Stephen Johnson. For Kubota, together we are building Australia. Welcome to the Driver's Seat for another week. We do it across Australia. Thanks to our friends at Kubota, together we are building Australia. Remember, you can rev up your smartphone with the Driver's Seat app. It's available now in the App Store. Big, big show. Huge edition of the E-Series this weekend. If you want to play catch-up, well, before we play catch-up, actually, we've got to get to some of the headlines from this week. While sport idols due to the coronavirus, work has begun on the upgrade to Sydney Motorsport Sport Park at Eastern Creek. Permanent lighting is now being installed at the creek. And um, it's currently closed due to the COVID-19 crisis as part of a $33 million upgrade of facilities. The 2020 lighting project at Western Sydney, Western Sydney Motorsport Precinct will be open uh, for night racing. Good yes. or bad? So, uh, good. Really yep. good. In fact, we saw the first supercars night race there, uh, not last year, but the year before. Um, and they did a good job. It just wasn't a permanent kind of thing. But we've always said that as soon as you can innovate in sport, it's going to be a good thing. And that was the first dip of the toe of the water for supercars, and it was really good. And then Perth took off after that. Uh, but I think any time that we can change things up, it's it's a good thing. I yeah. Think- Sorry, Stephen. Go, Jay. Sorry. No, I, I think we had a text last week about this. We had a, 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 one of our listeners say, I'd like to see more uh, supercar racing in prime time, you know, because yeah. yeah. they don't always have time to watch it. Is this something we may be seeing down the track, prime time racing by having the lights? Well, I think so, absolutely. And I think it, you know, it, it brings – it helps bring some crowds to the track because a lot of the time, you know – to be fair, people are busy and they want to do stuff on the weekends. They don't necessarily want to bog their weekend down by going to yep. a racetrack. So if they can fly out to the track on a Friday night or a Saturday night and watch some racing, and we saw some big crowds at Sydney Motorsport Park for that night race. And, that, and Sydney Motorsport Park for supercars is a very, very hard place to attract uh, fans. For whatever reason, it just doesn't work uh, as well. Since you know, Sydney stuff, any sport in yeah, Sydney stuff to get alive. Very hard. Look, you look, you look at some of those rugby league games that you get over there. You'll get a, I don't know, a St George and a Balmain, and there's like 15 people there plus the guy selling the pie. So mm. it, it, live sport in Sydney is a hard gig, and motorsport particularly because you've got to go there all day. Uh, it's pretty expensive. So Steve's exactly right. If you can, if you can 
grab Junior Burger after his after his rugby game and the missus and, yeah. and all the other kids and drag him out there. Um, it's a good thing. So the only place we ever see a big crowd really at Bath is is at Bathurst. We used to see it at Oran Park, but. Um, you know that hasn't been around for Gold a while. Gold Coast so. gets some pretty good crowds. Oh, look, yeah, no, Gold, I'm t- particularly talking Sydney. Sydney's yeah, a right, tough yeah, market yeah. to get out. You know, it's not an easy place to get around. Uh, but the Western Sydney guys uh, have have put a big commitment into the circuit because lighting a circuit is not cheap. It's a super expensive uh, exercise. I think you said thirty thirty odd million. million. So you know, for a, for a sport like ours to have that kind of infrastructure spent on it, fantastic. Bring it on, and I think you'll see. Quite a few other permanent circuits, a, a QR, a Winton, something like that, actually go down this track too. Yeah, I think you know it's something that it has worked. Like you said, Maddie, it's it's a it's an amazing spectacle. You know, the fire and the glowing fireworks and the and glowing breaks yeah. and the sparks and yeah. you know it just it just works and it's something different that we've never really seen for. Forever, really, and uh, you know, apart from you go to Gold Coast, and that's a good spectacle. But to get you know a spectacle at places like SMP and Barbagallo and Perth, which are generally not that exciting to yep. watch, yep. I think is fantastic and more attractive to a broadcaster, right? Because they can 100%. sell advertising in prime time rather than the middle of the afternoon. Yeah, absolutely. And in fact, even the Gold Coast was meant to be a night race. This year, so we, we don't even know whether the Gold Coast is going to go ahead. We hope it does. We hope we have a. a I'm I'm optimistic. I'm yeah, optimistic. I'm optimistic too that we'll have a calendar that includes some of these street races. I don't think we'll see Townsville, but uh, I think you'll you'll potentially see Queensland Raceway. And if that goes as a night race, I mean, how sensational is that? The set the, the the Surface Paradise Street Course at night is just going to be something to behold. So uh, I think we'll see quite a bit more of it in the future. I'd love to see the Albert Park one as a nighttime one as well. That would be awesome. That'd be good. Formula One all day yep. and then the V8s at night. Yeah. How yeah, or they probably – would they do it the other way around? Would they do the – They could even – They, they do yeah. – they have night races in Abu Dhabi and places like yeah. that. So Singapore. The, Singapore. So there's no reason why you couldn't run. And we actually saw it a couple of years ago. Not in anyone's fault. It was just a big storm came in, and we ran a supercars race quite into the dark. Scotty Pye won it for uh, for the Holden Racing Team uh, for Walkinshaw. Sorry. So, uh, I, I yeah, I, I think if you could certainly do it, but we just got to remember that whatever's going to come out of this COVID nineteen economically is going to be tough, and it's a thirty three million dollar exercise to light a normal race, let alone have lights that you have to bring in and then take back out again and do all that kind of stuff. So Yeah, right out. Remember, you can get the driver's seat app for all the latest in motorsport news and you can hear the lads live every Wednesday night covering the E-Series as it happens. You can join in the conversation as well. Before we head to a break, let's do this. Now on the driver's seat, another Bendix Brakes big moment. Bendix, Australian technology for all-weather confident braking. If you want cleaner wheels, fit Bendix brakes. Now, it didn't take too long to get a Bendix brakes big moment this week. It happened at race one in Spa. Oh! <laughs> big pass by uh, Anton and Van Giz and, uh, and Shane. Shane. Uh, has crossed the line. Has cost. Has, well, there's still a line to go down the bottom here. So, Scotty Max now around the outside. And let's see him. Cam Waters up the inside. So three wide off uh, off turn one. Cam Waters giving uh, Scotty Mack a Liberace, but it uh, it's going to be on. Oh, big accident on the approach <laughs> to Arouge. Scotty Mack, Cam Waters, 
absolutely into each other. That's going to allow Van Gisbergen, if he doesn't get nailed for for, for the driving standards. Interesting. Craig so, Baird, so, so what actually happened uh, coming down the back part of the circuit? Uh, into the final chicane, Anton Shane Van Gisbergen blocked, and Anton went down the outside and uh, had the pass all but done through the right hander, and he was on the inside for the left. Coming out of the coming out of the right, the left hander, um, it seems they've both got together, and Anton speared hard right into the fence. So very very interesting, and uh, we'll see what happens. With that after the race and Craig Baird under the pump again. We're all watching the cameras and, we're, and all of the drivers are, are very intensely looking at their screens as to. I think Anton's where they looking finished. at the replay actually. <laughs> They're all looking like they don't the look know what's going to happen. Scotty McLaughlin's face is amazing. <laughs> Put your foot down with confidence. Bendix Brakes, Australian technology for all-weather confident braking. You're listening to The Driver's Seat for Kubota, building Australia. This is The Driver's Seat for Kubota. Together, we are building Australia. Great to have your company on The Driver's Seat. We do it thanks to Kubota, building Australia. Right now, it's time for the feature interview. Thanks to IMR Insurance, the tradies, mate. Call 1-3-IMR. This week, the lads caught up with the three-time series champion and seven-time Bathurst winner, Craig Lowndes. Yeah, good afternoon. Yeah, thank you for having me on. It's uh, it as uh, Stevie listening to that, watching the uh, qualifying. It's uh, it is like Spa as a racetrack is unbelievable. It's probably very similar to a Bathurst in the sense of the elevation change. And uh, I'm not surprised that a number of drivers didn't get to a Rouge. Um, cold tyres trying to carry momentum through there. It's uh, it was quite exciting. Hey mate, you've done a couple of uh, races over there in, in Spa and uh, a couple of 24 hour races and. It seems to be a very uh, similar issue in real life with track limits over in that section of the track. And I remember when I was there quite a few years back now, uh, quite a few of the drivers got done the same as the, the V8 guys tonight with, uh, I guess, what they call track limits or shortcutting the track over the top of the hill. Yeah, it is, Stevie. I think that uh, there's no doubt that um, you know when you sort of go down into there, you, you've got to be committed. There's no doubt about that because it, you know, the car bottoms out, as you know, and then you're trying to crest over the top and then it leads onto that long straight that camel straight which you really want to carry that momentum but uh, I've got to say the little uh, you know my little secret was that I when I went over there and ran in the Ferrari I, I did a lot of the night racing which was really good because the, that spotter or that uh, I suppose person that determines whether you uh, exceed those track limits you can't really see so I've got to say that driving at night was a lot easier than driving during the day. Craig, we're, we're, it's weird times we're in at the moment. Um, what have you been doing during this uh, home, isol- home isolation and shutdown period? Have you been getting plenty of stuff done around the house? Like I know Stevie J has. He's, I've never seen Bree happier. She's, he's actually mowing lawns and cutting trees. <laughs> have you been the same? And how good is it to actually not have to? I mean, look, neither of us in this room. We have travelled the last every second or third weekend for the last twenty five years plus. How good is it to actually have been home for a couple of weeks? Yeah, I suppose it's one of those things that uh, you spend all your you know almost twenty plus years travelling, hotel rooms, airports, planes, racetracks, um, and then all of a sudden you're basically saying, well, now you got to stop all that and stay home. It, it was a bit of a shock to begin with, and uh, to be honest, I didn't know how I was going to go. But uh, as you said, like you know, all the odd jobs around the house that I sort of half job. Harry started and uh, now completed. I think that, uh, that they're the good good things that have been done. The, the gardens and the grasses probably never never looked as so good, but uh, um, I suppose thankfully that uh, you know in the shed uh, I've got my first Formula Ford, which uh, uh, luckily I've just been sort of slowly sort of restoring and getting it back up to running again. And uh, so I've spent my time in there. And uh, and to be honest, 
um, if uh, if basically you know if anything like this was uh, um, ever going to show that uh, the strain on a relationship, um, I'm Lara and I are still happily married, so it's it's been good. <laughs> well, funny you say that because a lot of the guys like Scotty Mack and. We can't say SVG because you know he hasn't. He's not married. So, uh, uh, but Scotty Mack for sure, spending seven, eight, nine hours a day on the simulator—that's got to be a test on the marriage as well, surely. Oh, for sure. I think there's no <laughs> doubt. Maybe that's a choice for him to be able to get on the simulator or get a get some own, his own time. But uh, you know, he's been doing a fantastic job. Uh, at the same time, he's been getting up at sort of you know. Uh, through two, three in the morning, and uh, you know, obviously logging into the IndyCar series and doing all that side of it. I know Chaz is, is uh, joined into that series as well, which is really good. So it's it's fantastic to to see that really uh, they've been keeping themselves occupied. And mate, when are we going to expect to see you uh, in the E series? When are you going to have a crack? When are they going to dust off the sim and give you a run? I need some practice, to be honest. I think that uh, there's no doubt about that. Uh, you know, I, I never grew up really watching, or sorry, never u- using simulators quite a lot. And every time I get my backside into one, it's um, quite entertaining. I think there's a lot of crashes going on. There's a lot of things because you can't really feel the car underneath you. It really becomes eye-hand coordination. So it is a uh, an interesting thing to watch what these guys are doing. I know they take it very seriously. I've been talking to Jamie and Shane uh, quite regularly in the last sort of week or so and, and try to understand what they need and what they do. It really is something that's They've got to get their head around that visual side of it. And Jamie is struggling. I know Shane does it a lot. He uses the Sims quite a lot right around the world and doing different things. But it is something that uh, for Jamie is quite foreign. And and I've got to say that uh, I'm the same. I'd love to to be part of it. But I think I need need some work to actually get closer to the front or at least to the mid-pack. Mate, uh, well, we saw that with Jamie, haven't we? Like all the boys here have been saying... uh... Uh, to me, how's Jamie going? Where do you reckon? Is he going to win this one? And I was straight out, nah, he's not going to win it. And so what does he do? He, won it. he goes and wins the last race. So uh, obviously it's taken him a little bit of seat time to get used to it. And they are a different thing to be able to be fast on, aren't they? They are exactly right. I think that Jamie really has upspecced his sim. I know that he spent some time on it, well, a lot of time on it. I know that he's trying to perfect it. He's trying to get used to it. I know Shane's really giving him a lot of uh, advice and everything else because, as I said, Shane really operates and uses them quite a lot, which is fantastic. Um, I know Scotty McLaughlin does. You know, Anton, all those guys that spend time on them have actually get, got used to what the feel is and what you really need to get out of it uh, because you don't have that tactile feel of, of what the car's doing underneath you, like that seat of the pants of you know locking up wheels, you know understeer, oversteer, all the things that as a driver in a real race car that you actually use as those sensors. It's, it really is quite an interesting thing. But as I said, like they take it very seriously. I know Jamie is really annoyed with himself. I know he won um, the reverse grid, so he finally got, got a got a victory. But it didn't come from a reverse grid. It didn't come from qualifying up the front and being at the front. That's for sure. <laughs> so, what do you mean? Some of my greatest victories have come from being on reverse grids. Um, uh, Craig, <laughs> let's get serious about racing for just a second. You're you have a role, obviously, with the Red Bull Holden Racing Team. Uh, you normally, I guess, throughout the year would often get a bit of a steer in the car in the lead-up to the Enduros at, at corporate ride days and that sort of stuff. Are you expecting much seat time before the endurance races come around? Or do you reckon you're just literally going to have to be forced to slide into the car and do the job? 
Uh, well, that's a good question. I think that, uh, you know, as soon as we can get back on track, the better we can. And, and then all of us can get back behind the, the wheel and back in the seat. But it really may come down to just being at Bathurst for the first time. I know that uh, the forecast is hopefully Winton, um, you know, mid-season, June, July, get, but getting back on track. But it really comes down to, uh, you know, obviously getting on top of this virus and, and really containing it. That's something that uh, really for all of us, is really important. I think the beauty about the supercar world at the moment is that we only have to travel within Australia. So not like Formula One or MotoGP or anyone else that have to travel from um, country to country. At least we only contain ourselves within the, this one uh, country. So that that's a good thing. But it really, at the end of the day, we've got to get the borders open and uh, we've got to go start racing again. So... As much as we can in the sense of seat time, uh, who knows? It just really comes down to when we can start racing again. Hey, mate, obviously you were ch- chatting about your Formula 4 just before. What's the, uh, what's the plan for that? Obviously, you're going to restore it back to how you uh, raced it and, and won in... Uh, when was that? Back in... Oh, geez, that would have been the early 90s, 90. wouldn't it? 90, 93 was, a, was the victory yeah. year. But this is actually my first ever one that I bought when I migrated out from go-karts to Formula Ford. So it's an 85 model and uh, Van Diemen. And, and uh, luckily enough, I knew where it was when we sold it off and got it back. And uh, yeah, just been slowly sort of repairing it, getting it sorted. And uh, and I've got to say that I, I sat in it not long ago. And I've got to say, it took me a little while to get out of it. Um, I'm not as, uh, as as small as I once was, but it, it's something that it's, it's keeping me occupied. And, and look, I'd love to do some sort of racing with it at some point but it really at the end of the day it, it's for me just uh, sentimental value to have it back in the garage would you get it sorry Mandy would you get it on track like would you restore it get it running and, and take it out for a run well yeah it's running like there's uh, the motor's running and everything else it's just a matter of just t- sort of slowly building the rest of it up together getting some stickers made up of what it was back in the day um, yeah, and, and talking to a lot of the old uh, people that, you know, you know, I know Phillip Island had a, a massive turnout of the historic racing down there and Formula Ford, I think there was over 50 cars running around. So, uh, yeah, look, if that's possible at some point, once we can start travelling, I think that, uh, you know, I'd, I'd love to, uh, to take it out and give it a run. And Craig, just as we wrap up, I know you've had a long-held ambition to do the Le Mans 24 hours, but for whatever reason, it's come and gone and it's been hard to schedule. Is that something that we're, we're going to see you now in your current state of, of retired racing, but uh, uh, doing the commentary thing? Are we going to see you get into Le Mans eventually? Well, I hope so. Like That's the one race that I've always loved to have uh, completed or done, um, put on the CV at the end of the day. And I think that uh, you know whether it's this year or next year. Hopefully, so this year was, was looking positive, but I've got to say that also that we've been told that they're they're also looking at maybe rescheduling it later in the year. So, like, who knows? It could it could be still possible, but uh, hopefully, in the next year or two, yeah, that that'll definitely be the, the sort of the aim to be able to do that. All right, Lounsey. Um, hopefully, we'll see you in the E Series this year. Is there a track you'd like to make your debut on? Well, Spa tonight would have been perfect. It's a circuit that I've uh, done Formula 3000. I've done, uh, you know, the 24-hour races. So it would have been a perfect race to uh, to be able to do. But I think next week there's the Spirit, uh, sorry, the Circuit of, of America. So it's another track that I know. Um, so it'd be nice if, if you can do a circuit that you do know. Uh, that That's half the battle. It's just then getting your head around the sim. 
Actually, mate, just before we go, I, the, not many people have had the opportunity to race at Spa, and you've got that famous, what was it, turn two, three, I suppose, Eau Rouge. What's it like to go through there, both in a Formula 3000 car and a GT car? Because it looks mighty. Oh, it's unbelievable. It's, it's the reverse of Skyline. It really is because of the downforce that you go through there. So in the Formula 3000, back in 97 when I raced there, uh, we qualified in, uh, we practiced and qualified in the wet. We raced in the dry. We actually asked FIA at the time that uh, there was a number of rookies in the category, me being one of them, that uh, whether we could have a, like a 10-minute practice session to actually feel what it was like but they declined that so we went straight into a race which was quite interesting but wow. it was almost flat and it was no different in the ferrari when we when we raced there in the 24 hour it was literally a slight lift and then straight back on the throttle um it's quite incredible because it, it as i said it's like the reverse of skyline once you get to it you've got to be committed from that point on all right, we're going to let you go, Lounsey. Don't go if you are going to train for the E Series. Uh, will we see you at Jamie Wincup's place uh, training? <laughs> no, well, at the moment that'd be actually probably that, that's probably not a bad idea because he's simmer from what I understand of the upgrades and everything else he's spent and, and uh, got it organised. It's I think it's one of the best in the country. It'd be like driving Miss Daisy, wouldn't it? Um, Lousy, <laughs> we appreciate your time tonight from Red Bull Holden Racing. Uh, we'll let you go and, and watch the race. Uh, thanks for your time tonight on the driver's seat goes IA Racing. No problem. Thank you very much, guys. Craig Lowndes, our feature interview. Thanks to IMAR Insurance, the tradies mate. Call 13IMAR or visit imar.com.au. You're listening to the driver's seat. Thanks to Kubota. For over 40 years, we've been making tomorrow matter, and together we're building Australia. This is the driver's seat for Kubota. Together, we are building Australia. Great to have your company on the driver's seat. We do it every week thanks to Kubota Building Australia. And you can listen to Matt and Steve live on a Wednesday night from 7 p.m. to 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Hang out with the lads live during the E-Series. Get the app and have a listen. This week, we had a chat to one of Australia's biggest supercars fans, you may have grown up with her as a member of High Five, but she grew up loving motorsport. We had a chat to Charlie Robinson. What does Charlie Robinson got to do with the driver's seat goes eye racing on a Wednesday night, talking to you two slouches? Well, she tore up the screens, what, many years ago. I don't want to say she's old because she's not. This is not going well, is it? No. Uh, I think you should just Charlie, be there. Charlie, well, my kids loved you on High Five. You love your motor racing. Welcome to the driver's seat goes eye racing, Charlie Robinson. Oh, Jace, you're just sucking up now because that went really pear-shaped for a minute. I know, I know, mate. I'm very, I'm very sorry. Over to you, Stevie Johnson. Oh. So sorry, we're trying to get you in the middle of a of a race two to three break here, Charlie, because we know how much you love your motor racing. Are you watching the the E series at yeah. the moment? Yeah, that was really exciting, actually, to get our first wildcard winner there in Brock. And you know, I just heard what you were saying about him, but it's nice to actually have a driver that has genuine talent, even though I know he's bringing the sponsors and everything, I'm personally really excited to have him there at Tickford. I think it's the best place. Like He'll be have that support behind him. And he, you know what? When I interviewed him at the 12 hour, he could talk. You know, he's got a head on his shoulders. He wasn't yes. arrogant. He, You know, like that means so much to fans like me when they're nice kids. So oh, oh, I shouldn't call him a kid. He's a man. But having um, said that, Charlie, <laughs> I said before that he's he's much – he is young, but he's he's very mature for his age and he's got a very yeah. um, stable head on his shoulders, hasn't he? God, that's refreshing as well because I tell you, we do meet some, you know, athletes that carry a few heads 
could be carrying a few heads on their shoulders. <laughs> I'm trying to say it in the <laughs> nicest possible way. So it's nice as our next generation of supercar drivers, we've got some diamonds in the rough there, and I think Brock's one of them. So I'm glad that he got some attention tonight because without racing and as our usual races, you know, this is disappearing for sponsors and for drivers. So when you get that little bit of media tonight, it's all good for them. And speaking of media, Charlie, uh, people may not know that you are a genuine fan and you've been around our sport for a very long time. So sort of fill us in. Where did it, Where did your love of all this petrol and really tyre smoke start? I'm sorry. I really should have talked about that before because people are probably listening going, what is the high five chick talking about? Yeah. Really she sounds really knowledgeable. What would she know? It started, I can tell you where it started. It started with her dad loving mm. my dad. There you go. It did. Am I wrong? That's exactly it. So that's yeah. how I was raised. I was so much, my sister and I were supercar fans, so much Fiat supercar fans, that I had the number 17. I drew it and outlined it in the right colours for the car for your dad. And I put it beside my bed. I think I was like five years old. And Bathurst is like the Robinson Christmas. It was a very serious, you know, when dad was allowed to have a beer at 9am, we got a big screen hired in, you know, everyone could come if you bought a flag. It was, we had to wear the merch and I would pray throughout the race for Dick to win because it just, I remember growing up and hearing everything would go wrong for him, whether it was a kangaroo, a rock, just bad luck. So I would pray and pray that he would get the win. And then, um, you know, dad took my sister and I to Bathurst to the track for our first time when I think I was like eight years old. And he told us to close our eyes and feel the engines in our soul. And from that moment, I was a rev head through and through. It's like... It means everything to me, supercars. Like that's our sport, <laughs> our family sport. So now you know why. <laughs> Even during High Five, we had to once perform on Bathurst Day and I thought that was so sacrilegious. Like <laughs> it's just disgusting that I had to get up and perform for a show and I'd run out the back in my dressing room and watch what lap they were up to. But yeah. <laughs> so you're better Water than me. I was invited to a wedding once on Bathurst Sunday by a friend of mine and I said no. I said, mate, there's no Did way. I'm... Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. I said, there is no way. That's mate. all right. Charlie was just mean to the kids. Yeah. It's fine. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> she just bolted. No autographs for Charlie today. Yeah. She's not feeling well. She's actually out the back. That's lap 155. No, I, 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 uh, I, I did not go. And uh, I think he got married. Ooh. I don't know. I haven't spoken to him uh, since. I, was, I think he got married. married. I think he got married. But, you know, how rude. Like, who gets married on Bathurst Sunday grand final no, I day? I I always said I would not turn up on my own wedding if it was Bathurst Day. But but having said all of that, uh, Bathurst also has a special meaning to you in regards to weddings as well, does it not? I can't believe it. I know. So this past Bathurst, um, I went down to the grid because my boyfriend at the time, Liam Talbot, races in the Porsche Carrera Cup Series and they were about to go on the grid. They were the dummy grid. And I got pulled down there and I didn't even want to go because I'm just not that kind of girlfriend that goes near them. Like at that point, I think they should be focusing on the race. So I thought it was totally unprofessional that he said come down there. But then he got down on one knee and somehow the Fox Sports cameras were there and they were watching it and he proposed. And to be honest, you know you've got a good one. If they know that Bathurst means that much to you and they still love you when you're borderline obsessive about the mountains, (laughs) Oh, I, reckon I, you've, I, yes. I reckon you've got that wrong. I reckon what? if any woman, if any bloke 
knows that he can actually propose to his future wife on the not on the dummy grid and not get his head kicked in, that's what makes him a keeper. <laughs> With cameras around. Absolutely. Because if I'd have asked Helen McKeldin to marry me on the dummy grid before I would have gone racing, the answer would have been a flat-out no. A dead set no. <laughs> Well, yeah, you know I what I was worried shot. about? That it would be the bad luck that imagine if he, like, crashed out or something, and that's oh, me God. because he's just proposing. But he won. He won that race. So, and apparently the commentators said he needs to get engaged every day if he's going to drive like that. So I thought, oh, thank God, that's so much pressure off the woman. <laughs> Charlie, that story is a lot better than the one I heard from Stevie Johnson tonight on how he lured his beautiful wife into his waiting <laughs> arms. He was dressed as a drag queen wearing high heels and fishnet stockings. Could you imagine that? Your proposal night? No, God, it wasn't my proposal. Oh. It was that was when we first decided that you know we would we sort of liked each other, and I was in a dress and I had fishnets oh on. I actually think that says more about Brie than it says about you. Yes. yes. I'm going to have to have a long discussion with Brie as to why she finds you in fishnet stockings, six-inch red pumps and red lipstick attractive. I, I can tell you why, Charlie. I can tell you why. Because, <laughs> oh, because, because everybody else was horrified with how I looked that night, so no one would speak to me. She's the only person that would. She felt sorry for you, didn't she? I was that little, little lamb in the corner that everyone felt sorry for. Jeez, oh, Steve, never be the little lamb, trust me. <laughs> no, could you imagine? It's like seven foot tall and about 140 kilos in fishnet stockings. Oh, That's a hell of a go lamb. Go easy, mate. Go easy. <laughs> That's a heck of a lamb. So, so Charlie, tell us what your thoughts are on, on the e-racing. Obviously, we're... You know we're pinned down at the moment. We can't we can't get out to a track. We can't race. Um, and as you mentioned, Liam, your partner, your fiance, future husband, is also a driver. What's it like in your household at the moment now that we can't get out? We can't go to the racing. He's not racing. How have you guys been coping with the lockdown scenario? Well, we're pregnant, so that's oh, we did know. Start. that. is, it, is yeah, Liam pregnant as well? <laughs> no. Oh, congratulations! Yeah, yeah. Number no, two we're for doing the a lot Robinson of gardening, and everything. <laughs> But you know what? To be honest with your question, I would have thought a few weeks ago, I would have been honest with you and said, it's not my cup of tea, e-racing. I'm not into gaming. I recognize the great work SimWork does. We've got a sim here at home and Liam trains on it, learns tracks, whatever. It's great. But from a fan point of view, I thought, what am I going to enjoy out of this? And then I turned it on. And I have to say, my dad made a big impression on me as well. I mean, he, you know, like he straight away just loved it the commentary i mean there's something very soothing about hearing compo's voice back in your living room again but it just it gives us fans something when racing's yeah. not happening my dad actually hopes this keeps going even when we're back on track he finds it that interesting i liken it to having uh, watching an nrl game without a ref Things just keep flowing. Yeah. Your favourite driver or team, they aren't out. They can get back out there at a push of a button. They're in the pits and then they're back. Yeah. You know, you don't lose in the first lap like we do on the they track. They haven't pulled a hammy and they're out. They're, they're still in there. No, exactly. It, there's so many parts of it that's great. And I think it's really well done. It's a bit personal. You know, we get to see the guys, you know, yeah. behind the wheel a lot more. We get to hear from drivers that we don't usually talk about very often. Um, <laughs> you know, I just think there's a lot of pros about it, whereas I was prepared to say, I'm not a gaming girl. This is not what, you know, racing is to me. But here I am telling you that I genuinely enjoy the races. And I think for us fans that have nothing else at the moment, it has yeah. given us something to cheer about. 
and you know what? It still takes a lot of skill. I jump on Liam's um, sim and I'm out in like five seconds. So it, <laughs> it, it, it does require a lot of skill to still race these cars. Do you like, do you like the fact that um, you, we get to see a bit more of the personality of the guys as well? You know, like you, they've got all the webcams. Yeah. There's so many guys that they're talking to behind the scenes. And to have guys like Max Verstappen and uh, Lando mm, Norris and these yeah. sort of guys, I think it's just sensational for the whole Australian motorsport and so and the, and the supercars community because normally we would never ever get to see these guys. Totally, and I think people like Max Verstappen they're going to bring a new audience to our supercars, and that's a really good thing. Even internationally, they're watching, and that's a wonderful. You know, and kids here that are only into F1 and haven't really gotten into supercars, maybe you know, they, it's a new generation of viewers we might get. I love the excitement of the F1 drivers, and I love it more when they don't win because it's just like we look like we're great. Um, <laughs> we, as if, as if I'm SVG behind the wheel. <laughs> but um, yes, what you were saying, I totally, totally agree. It's just giving us something exciting watching those drivers. Um, oh my God, I've got baby brain. There's something you said in the beginning, and I was so desperate to tell you. And now I've completely forgotten. Baby it's like grow. all I tell, of my brain I tell you, cells are in I my tell you what cells. I do. Well, I've got that. I must be pregnant because I get that brain all the time. <laughs> no, you're just old. <laughs> That's what that is. Hey, I, I do want to get your professional opinion on Chaz Mostert's new hairstyle. Yay or nay? I'm not a fan. Like, I'll be very di- honest. It's, it's the dirtiest M&M look you've ever seen. No, oh. it's a Donald, Donald Trump look for sure. Yeah, it's the Don. I don't know. Uh, yeah, it could be, I don't know. I, I think, hasn't he always been quite superstitious about his hair? Like, I remember once years ago talking to him and he hadn't washed it since, like, because he was on such a good roll and, you know, with wins and then things went oh, bad and he that. cut it. Uh, there could be something superstitious for him, but I think, um, oh, I don't know. Surely Walkinshaw aren't going to go for that hairstyle when they make him oh, do no, it. That's got it. Right. That's got it. Could we see Liam Talbot with that hair? In uh, in the middle of lockdown, are you are you likely to stick his head into a bucket of oh. peroxide and give it a crack? No, so he's even. Oh, don't tell him I'm telling you, but I've made it into a ponytail um, because he oh. hasn't been oh. We're not at the man bun stage, but we're at the ponytail stage. <laughs> hey, you should you should do his beard too, Charlie. You should maybe colour his beard like oh, just in the middle, God. like a GT oh, stripe, Ford GT stripe. Oh, that's what I wanted to tell you. You know, Steve Whedon, you were just saying how we get to see the personal side of some of these drivers, like, you know, yes. a lot more camera vision. That's what I feel sometimes we lack in supercars because I love seeing getting to know the drivers. It gives me buy-in to, you know, the teams. And I think we're getting there, but I think we can do so much more, and that's what this has shown. Like, you yeah. want to see their personalities really shine. Um, we don't just need to be the slick corporate sponsorship that we have in the past. Like, you want to... You want to see the bit of biff. You want to see a bit of, like, passion from the drivers. You know, the Davey Reynolds personality is coming yeah. out, and I think that is buy-in. I think I hope we do change that in the future with our interviews and everything going forward with Supercars. You know, let those real personalities shine. All right, Charlie Robinson, uh, it's so good I'm to hear your voice again. No, 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 it's so good to hear your voice again, mate, Cut and I'm girls, sorry. Jason's just worried that – Jason's just worried that you, you've – the race has started, and you're going to miss too much of the race. Absolutely. And start yelling at us. And, and I'm sorry the interview so sorry didn't get off to. A, I'm sorry the interview didn't get off to a great start, but I think we did well by the end. Okay. Wrap, wrap, wrap it. I've got to go watch as well. This is looking good. Charlie Robinson, thanks for joining us tonight. Thanks, Have a good guys. one. It's a driver's seat. Thanks to Kubota for over 40 years, we've been making tomorrow matter, and together we're building Australia. 
This is The Driver's Seat for Kubota. Together, we are building Australia. Welcome back to The Driver's Seat. We do it thanks to Kubota. For over 40 years, we've been making tomorrow matter, and together, we're building Australia. Throughout the BP Supercars All-Star E-Series, Matt and Steve will be live on the Driver's Seat app. Make sure you grab it from the App Store and Google Play. Right now, though, it's time to slide open the doors to the Classic Cars Corner. This is the Classic Cars Corner with Malcolm Owens for Kubota. Together, we are building Australia. Good evening, gentlemen. Anything good happening over that side of the world? <laughs> well, mate, I, listen, I know that you would have been intently listening to our show uh, around the country th- this evening, the whole way through. Now, you, when you usually pick up the phone, you usually hand me, you slag off at me something fierce. I now want you to have a crack about Stevie J and his fishnet stockings and all that sort of stuff. I'm just going to sit quietly while you let loose on S. Johnson. Well, I think it's pretty self-explanatory. Because <laughs> I mean, the guys were serial cross-dressing. Uh, no, I better shut up. <laughs> not that there's anything wrong with that. No, not that there's anything no, wrong no, with that. This one's like, but he's, he's got great legs. Um, and um, I find him, find him very attractive. Far more attractive than you, Matt. Just quite, like you know, saying, I know that. No, you still had a crack at me. Anyway. All right, Malcolm, let's I get into... I the wrong way, but anyway. <laughs> let's let's get into our classic cars segment. A list of the little known facts about cars. What do you got for us tonight? I just thought we'd we'd just go through a few facts and figures. Um, we've got some uh, sort of traditional build quantities and stuff, but there's some also some funny funny stuff around cars. Um, the first one I found when I was having a look was that BMW had to recall their GPS systems cars for a very crazy reason was that the male German drivers refused to take directions from a female voice. How very German. <laughs> wow. Wow. Really? So as well as we're slagging off Germans, let's go over the Italians. Lamborghini gave the Italian state the world's fastest police car in 2018. Uh, 2008, you had video surveillance, gun racks, defibrillator, organ transplant caller, but they crashed it a year later and wrote it off. Oh, what was it? What was Ferrari. it? A Lamborghini. A Lamborghini. You see, you can't just you can't just jump behind the wheel of a Lambo without serious training and drive it fast. Like that requires. Yeah. You're a professional driver, trainee Steve J. That requires training. They're a hell of a car. Absolutely. And Dean Canto proved that at the 12 hour this year, where he flew backwards in the air and balanced it on the on the yeah. wall at McPhillamy nicely. But uh, um, actually, Malcolm, we um, we had a little bit of that style of thing here in Australia quite a few years back. Uh, in a car called the Giacatalo, didn't we? And, th- and th- that was like a car. It was almost like an alpha-looking car. Yeah, GDV. Yeah, and, uh, yeah, and yeah. it was actually summoned by the – there was quite a few police cars with these Giacatalos. They were big horsepower, high uh, very fast cars that, that the police were using as a pursuit car, weren't they? Or they were looking into it. Yeah, and then also BMWs and some Audis and um, Volkswagens. I think the latest one was uh, some Volkswagens. I mean, some of the police are pretty good drivers. Have you guys ever done any police um, training? Train the guys? I mean, you're normally uh, running away from a map. But... No. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I tell you what, in my time as a, as a full-time professional driver trainer, the one person you never wanted to get in your car was a copper because they drove the things like, 
like they stole it and they and they had and they also thought uh, in many respects that they were fantastic drivers and a lot of them were but some of them were absolutely shockers and and um, uh, but yeah I, I never enjoyed having a uh, police person drive me around at a million miles an hour and in fact I've never enjoyed having a police person no. drive me around on any level. Well it makes it hard for you doesn't it Matt when you're in the back you get thrown around and hit the sides of the paddy wagon very hard hey. <laughs> Do you know how hard it is to train someone to drive when you're in handcuffs? It's yeah. that hard. Yeah, yeah, it's really hard. Hey, um, guys, what do you reckon was the last year a car was manufactured that had a cassette player in it? Oh, good question. Volvo. Uh, no, what? Oh, are you actually? Do your earphones no, work? Got he said, "What year?" <laughs> no, I still got them. Ninety-five. I oh, you reckon ninety-five, Jace? I reckon earlier. I'm going to go because 92. I had CDs after that. I'm going to go ninety-two. I reckon it would be not Volvo, mate. We like, need a year, <laughs> like late eighties, eighty-nine. The yeah. answer. <laughs> it's not Volvo, is it? You guys, <laughs> you guys can just run the thing. You guys are funny. Um, <laughs> It was a, it was 2011, and it was a Ford Crown, and it wasn't manufactured in India or China, as you may have thought, but it was built in Canada, and it was used in America as a police interceptor police? from yeah. 1998 to 2011. So I guess the cops could listen to their status quo or their Boney M cassettes as they're cruising the street. 2011, I find that 2011. I'm surprised that wow. they, I mean you couldn't even get a cassette and put it in, I wouldn't have is thought. That, no. Is no. that the sort of is that the sort of car that the Blues brothers used to drive? Is that is that was that <laughs> Not a that old. crown or is that No, uh, no that, that sort of shape? No. For, yeah, sort if of, you, yeah, if you watch if you watch the recent sort of cop shape. shows yeah, yeah, if you watch the if you watch the the recent cop shows, they're generally Ford Crowns, but not back in yeah, not back in nineteen eighty one or two when the Blues Brothers came out. I don't even remember what that was. A Dodge, I think. But anyway, I think that was we, a dog. They, they okay, and uh, one for you, Steve. Is it Porsche or Porsche? Being a... Oh, here we go. It's... Hang on. Before you answer this, Steve is a a full time, employed, signed up, card carrying member of the drivers squad that work for Porsche. So. Your answer here <laughs> will determine whether you send them another invoice. I'm a Porsche accredited uh, instructor. instructor, so it is Porsche. Porsche, correct, Porsche. And the yeah. reason is that there's no silent letters in German, so they pronounce the e. In English, we have uh, you should drop the e or don't um, don't pronounce the e. So when you read the word for us, it reads as Porsche, and that's why. Um, America, Australia, all those places call it Porsche, but it's actually Porsche. So that's an interesting and fun fact. Also an interesting and fun fact, how many Rolls-Royces percentage of them that manufactured, and remember they started manufacturing in 1906, are still on the road today? Eh, I'm out. <laughs> I have no idea. I have, have no a stab. Idea. Okay. All right, it's 5%. 65% of all Rolls-Royces produced are still on the road. And the longest ever car ownership was a man in Massachusetts in the US who drove his 1928 Rolls for 82 years. Wow. 
That's incredible. There Malcolm, go. we've, got to, we've got to wrap it up, mate. We love this classic cars. Seeming some great info there. You're just a man of so much knowledge. We appreciate your time tonight on the Driver's Seat Goes iRacing. Thanks to Kubota. For over 40 years, we've been making tomorrow matter. Together, we are building Australia. Actually, next week, you can probably do your own credit line. You know what it is. You, yeah, you work there. Uh, Malcolm, <laughs> thanks, for your to- thanks for your time tonight, mate. We really appreciate it. Great fun as always, guys. See you next week. That was the Classic Cars Corner. For Kubota. Building Australia. And that is it for this week's edition of The Driver's Seat. Once again, we do it thanks to Kubota. Together, we're building Australia. We'll see you same time next week. Want to witness the world's biggest football game? Head to iCanWin.com.au. Predict Australia's score with a crystal ball. And it could be you and a friend at the FIFA World Cup Qatar 2022 semifinals, all thanks to McDonald's. Maccas, together and loving it. TNCs apply.